Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 132 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltaka. Thanks for joining me again today on the show. We got... If you've been keeping up with what's been going on uh, out there, uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty crazy two-week period. But anyway, I'm going to be getting into all of that stuff. And of course, I'm going to bring on Tracy Wilson in a couple of minutes, and uh, and she will help me uh, go over the rest. But f- before we get started, I'd like to uh, talk about a couple of businesses that support their CCFR radio podcast. Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. You can check out all their exceptional products at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And also our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. Of course, don't forget our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. And if you're in the market for firearms, ammunition, cold weather gear, you name it, you'll find it all through our friends over at North Pro Sports. You can check them out at northprosports.com. That's northprosports.com. All right, we're back. So first thing I want to cover with you is uh, the promo code controversy. I know a lot of people are waiting for us to say something about that. Now, if you are in our closed Facebook group, you would have saw a video that I recorded in a different studio here at our commercial studios. And that was uploaded to our closed group the day before yesterday. And some people were like, hey, you know, how come this isn't on YouTube? How can I share this? And it's like, well, you can't because it's not for general, for public consumption yet because for a number of reasons. Well, now is the time to hear all about this. So if you are uh, watching this podcast as it's been uploaded, which is on Thursday night, if you wait um, a couple of hours, a few hours maybe, you may have to wait till tomorrow. But anyway, sometime here on Thursday night, which is the December the 8th, um, I'm going to be uploading a full video with clips and screenshots and everything. It's a case study in what actually happened with the promo code controversy. The video is entitled CCFR promo code controversy. What really happened? Question mark. So anyway, that's going to be where you're going to go to find out everything. And I mean, you know, I know it's been, I think for some people, some people understand what all this is. That's great. Uh, Some people don't understand that. They look at what the media said we did and thought, did we do that? And the answer is, unconditionally, no, we didn't do that. So anyway, some people are, are have been sitting on pins and needles waiting for us to, to provide you with an explanation of what's going on. And I know that's a little bit excruciating, but there's reasons why we didn't say anything before and we're saying things now. We're giving an explanation now. And, and part of that is I don't think for an issue as complicated, especially involving the mainstream media in collusion with the government of Canada, inclusion with the Liberal Party of Canada, inclusion with some other people, something like that isn't, I don't think, to get moving through some a, a topic like that is good with, you know, in fits and starts and little bits of 
of statements here and there and comments, and it just doesn't, it's not conducive to that. I th and I also, on top of that, I thought this whole thing was so interesting from a, from a case study perspective that I really wanted to make you know, a, a, a video with evidence. I, I'm still big on evidence, on, on proof of things, right? I wanted to make a video like that so you can see all the context and stuff because I, I find it very interesting. And it also, the, the experience itself, I came out of it um, even more determined and more positive than I was before all of this stuff started rolling because it was all very uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for a lot of our members too and a lot of people that would trust what the mainstream media says and politicians say as well. So anyway, that's the reason why I want to make a specific video. So um, when you see that video, make sure that you share it everywhere because the CBC will never give us the floor. Um, in fact, they I had a I was supposed to be on Power and Politics that night when the story broke, I think it was the th the third or the fifth. Anyway, they were going to have me on. Then the liberals rolled this this spin out, this this uh, this whole uh, manufactured spin thing. And then, of course, and I'm like, and I was on the phone with with Tracy, and I'm like, just watch. CBC will cancel this interview. I said any minute, like any minute. And about two or three hours later, bloop, here comes this that the producer from Power and Politics, and she's like. Oh hey Rod, sorry we can't uh, we won't be able to do the interview tomorrow. I'm like, of course, you know, thanks. And um, and anyway, they they would never give me a platform to tell Canadians what really happened. That platform is reserved for the Liberal Party to spin its lies. So watch this video because you'll even see CBC footage in it, and you'll see what gets broadcast on CBC and who doesn't get a platform on CBC, even though we're all paying for it right? Even though it's taxpayer funded. So anyway, I know it's probably not the satisfactory uh, stuff that you wanted to hear about the promo code in the podcast or whatever, but you know, the video should be up uh, in a few hours. If you're looking at this on Friday or after or late Thursday night, you'll, you'll be able to watch it now. All right. Interesting message I got from a buddy of mine. So I'm going to read it. It's on my phone. So hang on here. So he sends me this text message. I was actually on the plane going to Ottawa last week. And he says, hey, brother, I know you're swamped right now with everything going on with Bill C-21. I just spoke with a buddy who applied for his RPAL, and the RCMP told him, we won't issue one as there won't be any restricted firearms for you to buy. I was a bit surprised and figured I'd let you know. Keep up the awesome fight. We all believe in you. So isn't that interesting? And this is not the first time that the RCMP has, is implementing, has implemented policies based on legislation that hasn't even gotten through third reading yet or regulations that haven't even been enacted, okay? And, and uh, you know, we're all supposed to believe that the RCMP and the government are two separate th entities and they operate separately. And yet, you know, all the, <laughs> we keep seeing examples like, no, they must have got a phone call. It's like, hey, stop, stop issuing our pals. And, you know, the other reason why this is interesting, and of course that's wrong, right? And the other reason why this is, is interesting is because I remember back in the firearm safety course back in the day, People would come for the non-restricted only, only a handful. I, I had very few non-restricted onlys um, back when I was teaching, and I did a lot of teaching. And um, people would say, well, why would I come tomorrow for the restricted day? And I'm like, well, because there's all kinds of firearms that you could buy that are restricted due to barrel length or whatever. Or even if you're not interested in a handgun, you might be interested later in a handgun. And I would say, and I always thought, is this a little bit too hyperbolic? Is this a little bit too conspiratorial? You know, because I, I try to watch that stuff. And I would say, plus, you never know. A government could roll in, 
and they decide no more our pals. And if you're one of those people that already have one, then you've got one. A lot of times they do this thing called grandfathering and you'll be able to keep it and whatever firearms you bought that were restricted. So, you know, as a <laughs> crazy, right? The tinfoil hats were right again. But, um, but even now when the RCMP is doing that, it's completely inappropriate because even though that you can't uh, transfers for handguns, uh, you can't transfer a handgun due to regulation, not legislation. There are still, as of today, still centerfire semi-automatic rifles and shotguns that have barrels under 18 and a half inches that are restricted that are still legal to, to buy and transfer, right? So anyway, just keep an eye on the time here. I don't want to go, go on too quick. So even though there are, yes, there are restricted firearms still, not a lot of them, not as much as there were when there were handguns around, but there still are out there. So anyway, make of that what you will. I thought it was interesting. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is uh, an interesting clip. And it's only interesting from, from the perspective of, I find it uh, useful sometimes to look backwards. If you remember, I was testifying for committee uh, C21, whatever, like three or four weeks ago. And uh, right towards the end of my time on the panel, uh, Alistair McGregor, NDP MP from somewhere on Vancouver Island, um, he's, you know, first he corrects me that, you know, please don't call the, the handgun freeze a handgun ban. It's not a ban. It's a freeze. Nobody's taking anything away from me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. It is a ban. And it's also confiscation with no compensation as, as well. So it's even worse than you're making it out to be. Because when I die, the RCMP will come and collect those guns and destroy them from my weeping widow if I outlive her. And they'll destroy those guns and give, and give them nothing. I mean, we're probably talking about 20 grand worth of guns. And, and plus the, the peripherals, right? The magazines and the ammo and, and holsters and you name it, right? Cleaning stuff and whatever. No compensation, just, just seized. So anyway, so then uh, he starts asking me, he's, he's trying to set me up like, hey, there's still lots of guns to own. Now, I, re I remember this conversation, by the way, and this is really important. I remember this back when we had the ban from, uh, from May 2020. And the lawyer for the uh, Ministry of Justice um, was saying, trying to appeal to the judge, like, hey, you know, these people are making, these people meaning the CCFR versus Canada at all, right? The other cases too. Oh, they're making a big deal about nothing. We've just taken the, the most dangerous firearms off the streets and they can go out and they can purchase replacements. You know, there's still plenty of firearms. Just, if you remember, you just heard this in committee from uh, Tlaib, the backbencher. He's like, how many firearms are there left? 20,000 models. Whoa, that's a lot of guns. Anyway, so if you so back then their lawyer, the government's lawyer, is like, well, this is you know this is a whole lot to do about nothing. You just have to. We're going to pay you for those anyway, and you just go buy replacements for them. You can still do your stuff. Well, isn't that hilarious, right? So, and and as you all may know, I bought a um, a BCL Coyote as soon as that ban happened because I'm like, okay, can't use my ARs. I want to keep doing my thing. So I bought a BCL Coyote, and by the time it got through shipping. Right? It was non-restricted, so there was no transfer. But by the time they stuck it in the box and it was on its way to me, it was prohibited in the mail. So I got it prohib. Okay, and that's part of our case. It's like, you know what? You say, and there, there goes 1400 bucks. And this is a joke to them, right? Like, this is funny to them. They're like, haha, psych. I guess you lost 1400 bucks. Mm. You win some, you lose some. You know, like this is their their attitude. It's extremely cavalier and it's and it's offensive, right? So Anyway, so when this, when this lawyer tried to bring that up in the case, you know, our side's like, what are you talking about? Mr. Giltaka, one of the plaintiffs, one of the applicants, 
had this happen to them, and it continues today. And so the the um, the uh, firearms laboratory over at the RCMP had prohibited, I think, I don't know, four, five, six hundred, seven hundred more firearms after. So anyway, there was still some left. Okay, now fast forward to this clip after they ban handguns from people. This is what Alistair McGregor is trying to set me up to admit that there's still plenty of guns to continue my sport. Check it out. Uh, secondly, um, you know, for, for the vast majority of people like who are out there using long guns, uh, C-21 is not going to impact them. Um, people with a possession and authorization license can still go out and buy a bolt-action rifle or a shotgun, and this bill is not going to impact them. And you know, if, if, if there are restrictions on trying to control the number of handguns in Canada and people still want to get into sport shooting disciplines, there still are options with rifles, right? You would agree with all of that. Well, the, but, the, but there are options for people to engage in sport shooting with rifles, right? That, so, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So, so um, as far other, as... You have other rifles which are untouched by the... Oh, I see. Or yeah, well, I'm running out of firearms because I lost all the semi-autos. Now the handguns. But come on, Mr. Giltock. I mean, there's lots of firearms you could still purchase with your pal. And what happens when these ones and the handguns are gone? Then it's going to be the same conversation. Well, you still have two rifles left. You can certainly use those. Come on, Mr. Giltaka. Come on, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> come on, man. Get in the ring with me on this. You got lots of guns. And what was it? Like three or three weeks later, they come on the heels of December, they come with this amendment that bans basically all the rest of the semi-autos in Canada that they were sporting that had detachable magazines, plus even a collection of semi-automatic shotguns with tubular magazines and some bolt-action rifles, including the verbiage and variants. So if you remember back from uh, May 2020, and if you remember even before that, the previous firearm, uh, firearm prohibitions, when they say variants, the firearms laboratory comes in, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a variant. I mean, think about variants of a bolt-action rifle. They're so simple. They're a bolt and a stinking barrel, man. What isn't if – you, if you prohibit one bolt-action rifle, how can you not call the rest of, bolt, rest of, of, of the bolt-action rifles in the world variants? They're too simple. Like with semi-autos, maybe a little bit of leeway there, right? And don't forget – this is the same RCMP firearms laboratory run by Murray Smith, who just in committee, what was it, yesterday, said that the Mossberg Model 17T, which is this plastic uh, Mossberg uh, 702 Plinkster, right? It's a direct blowback, not a ripoff, but very similar to the Ruger 1022, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a 22. There's no rotating bolt. There's no gas system and there's no nothing, right? He said that that was a variant of an AR-15 and that's why it was... That's why it was banned. And the Plinkster 702 is not banned because it has a different, I don't know, what, body kit on it? And they did that with the Blaze 47 and the Blaze, if you remember. You know, the one is okay, but the other one dressed up as an AK-47 with a plastic kit on it is prohib because it's a variant of an AK-47. You know, and, and, and anti-gun people and regular Canadians wonder, like, oh, what do you, what do you guys complain about? You know, you just can't have your guts. It's like, no, man. The laws have to make sense and they have to be reasonable because you're counting on people to follow them. That's part of the social contract. It's not written anywhere. It's implied. We're going to make reasonable laws so that you reasonably can follow them. We're not going to make arbitrary sit on, on some throne somewhere 
make arbitrary laws for whatever political reasons or because, you know, I'm just a little crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a variant, even though there's not a single exchangeable part. The power's not the same. The magazines don't, aren't interchangeable, nothing. It's just a variant because I say it is. And then I'll get the RCMP to enforce that law. This is why people are upset about this. And I don't know why everyday Canadians who don't listen to a conversation like this, why they can't get their head around that, right? That's a, that's a problem. So anyway, kind of interesting. So one of the, uh, this leads me into one of the last uh, points, which is, you know, there's the liberals and anti-gun groups are running all over the place saying the conservatives and the gun lobby spinning misinformation. You know, there's no, we're not going to be banning bolt action rifles, but yet you see that. And going back to that, yeah, everything is a variant. And the, and the fact that they have pump action, not pump action, sorry, well, actually there is. Shotguns with tubular magazines being prohibited and the language variant in there, it doesn't matter what's excluded in regulation. They, and don't forget, <laughs> if, that, if, if they are banned later in regulation, that's completely fine. They can have regulation that over, overrides that legislation. So anyway... It's, it's not a good situation. And yes, there are pump action uh, shotguns um, banned. So there are shotguns that have pump action or semi-auto action as well. I mean, if you want to think back a, a ways, the SPAS-12 was like that. The SPAS-12 has been, has been prohibited since the 90s. It's a pump action shotgun that can also shoot semi-auto. Why is that so much more dangerous than a semi-auto or a pump action? Anyway, this is, this is why people are so upset. Anyway, all right. Let's move on. Next thing, you know, um, a, a user on Twitter named a user uh, sent me this, this statement. And it's, it's like you, you hear the minute that, that people start waking up, hunters start, have started waking up, as you well know, right? And, and I'm thankful for that. A little late, but as long as we're all standing together, maybe we can push this back a ways and, you know, get to the next election. And hopefully things will kind of smooth out and sanity will return to Canada and to re return to the government of Canada, right? Which is, I think, critically important. But, um, you know, the anti-gun groups, and even the liberals, but the anti-gun groups too, they're just like, we don't want to ban all firearms. That's misinformation. That's prop That's gun lobby propaganda. But of course, if, you know, if you've been following this whole thing for a long time, you know, Najma Ahmed from the Doctor Doctors for Protection from Guns or whatever, you know, she's flat out said in a tweet, which I showed it. If I can find it, I'll show it right now you know, ban all civilian access to firearms. And in another tweet, she said, no civilian needs access to guns or to firearms, like flat out. And when people tell you exactly what they want, you know, like listen to them, even if they contradict themselves later. So anyway, a user sent this to me and it's kind of interesting. So this is Heidi Rathjen and she is, she is testifying for um, at a House or Senate committee for Bill C-68. This was on, on November 11th, 1995. And she says, we are often, and, and I think this might have been um, translated, so I'm going to paraphrase it, okay? But I'm showing you what's there from the actual document. We are often accused of wanting or that we have an agenda and our task will be completed when all firearms have been prohibited. But as you can see, our position has been consistent over these five years and it will not change, says Heidi Rathjen. If the bill is passed as it was tabled, which it was, Without major amendment, they're talking about the Firearms Act, and this one was Bill C-68. Then, as far as we're concerned, after what we presented today, there will be no longer, we will no longer fight for a federal legislation. 
I think we'll stay around a while for the regulations and implementation of the act, but after that, we will have achieved our objective. So fast forward to today. Here we are in December of 2022, and have they disappeared? Have they said, hey, we got what we wanted back in 1995, almost 30 years ago? I don't know. I'd say that they're more active than ever, and they're pushing the line farther than they ever have. And they almost got there, right, a little while ago with the long gun registry. But anyway, um, yeah, so when people tell you what their goals are, believe them, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to leave that, uh, I'm going to leave it uh, here, and we will get uh, Tracy Wilson on and take it from there. All right, on the Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the CCFR. Wilson! Giltaka! Uh, it's been an interesting week, right? Interesting. Yep. That's a that's a different word. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about, so we better dive right in if we're going to do it in a timely manner. So the first thing we are going to chat about is uh, famed NHL goaltender uh, Carey Price, who mm-hmm. decided as a gun owner and uh, who decided that the conversation around firearms was maybe a little bit disingenuous, and he wanted his voice to be heard on the firearm issue because he's uh, a licensed law-abiding firearm owner. And so he decided to stick his head up and man, uh, I don't know if he if he regrets that decision, but I think he's handled it really well. So what's the uh, what's the mm-hmm. skinny on that? Yeah, so Kerry Price uh, posted on the weekend. Uh, you know, he posted a picture of himself in his hunting gear with his shotgun and said, "Look, I'm not a criminal. Love my family. I'm hardworking Canadian. Take care of my neighbors." And I don't think I should be targeted, uh, you know, in in an effort to reduce street crime. And that's basically how I think every gun owner feels, especially with this new amendment to C-21. So he was speaking out against that. And this weird, you know, leftist cancel culture thing started happening. And he's been completely dogpiled on um, for the timing of that post. Well, here's the problem. If you're upset about the timing of that post, you should be upset with the liberals because they're the ones who introduced the amendment, um, which, of course, ensued debate about this massive sweeping gun ban um, at, at this time. So, yeah, he's been kind of dealing with that. He gave a nod to the CCFR as well, which, of course, you know, that's just the end of the world that he did that. And, uh, yeah, he's been attacked ever since. But you know what? He's kept his head above water and he, you know, stuck to his gun, so to speak. And uh, yeah, he he's right. Gun owners should not and gun owners, sports shooters and hunters should not be targeted in this manner. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, uh, what's to me, I'll give him a little bit of extra credit because he's not a politician. He hasn't had to deal with this kind of garbage, which is what it is, just garbage. Um, He hasn't had to deal with that before. So he's. I'm sure it's not comfortable for him because we both know exactly how it feels. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and he's you know he's 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 powered through it. So so good for good for Carrie. Um, you know it's tough even to, to figure out what to say because I just I I really feel for a situation because as a hockey player, I mean the most controversy that you're ever going to deal with is like he didn't play that well. You know what I mean? You're not right. Gonna, like, yeah. All this stuff I mean, and- he's definitely out of his element here. But you know what? The, the point is the the benefit of this is that it brought forward a national conversation about what's really going on here, because you've got Prime Minister Trudeau out there totally giving disinformation to Canadians saying this does not target hunters. And that's 
demonstrably untrue, right? So now he's had to walk that back and say, well, maybe it's affected some hunting guns. You know, we're going to have a look at that. I know that doesn't appease um, sport shooters, and we're going to get to that. There's a reason why why that's happening. Um, So now they're talking about reviewing it and whatever. So there's already this crumbling narrative around the, the bill and the amendment that's been introduced, which, of course, is the most sweeping gun ban in Canadian history. Um, but Brian Lilly said it best. He put out an article on the weekend, actually. And uh, he said, Gary Price may have made an unexpected save on Trudeau's gun grab. And, of course, that's a nod to his career as an uh, incredible, famous goalie. Um, but he's right. It, it sparked a national conversation. Why are hunters being targeted on a bill that was primarily focused on handguns. Not that that was right either, but that was the intended focus of this bill. We know this amendment is out of scope. And I think this brought that conversation sort of out of the pits of gun owners forums and into the national media. So yeah, they just can't have that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, I think gun owners can all thank Carrie Price for, for a lot of the attention that's been brought to this issue. Um, yeah. So, you know, he got beat up a lot and completely unwarranted, absolutely undeserving of all that. 100%. He's, you know, he didn't deserve that. Um, but it has brought, it has put a lot of pressure onto the government. And so, you know, thanks, Carrie, for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I think the reason that it's, you know, they kind of went after him so bad was the whole narrative around C21 and Amendment G4 is crumbling. You know, you've got a bunch of stuff going on. Even yesterday in SECU committee, uh, the block um, the 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 block critic for public safety, Christina Michaud, brought forward um, a unanimous consent motion asking for other experts to come in. As you know, the committee stage where everyone was testifying is over, and now they've just got a panel of government bureaucrats and and what they consider experts to come in and answer technical questions on the bill. And she's like, I I think now that you've an- introduced these amendments after everybody's testified, I think we got to take a step back and hear from the hunting community and experts in hunting and not just the government bureaucrats, which is a pretty fair assessment. I, I agree with her that 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 would be appropriate since they snuck this amendment in in the 11th hour. And of course, the liberals wouldn't give unanimous consent for that motion. They only want their bureaucrats um, speaking to it. And then the NDP have been in the media calling it an abusive process. So it's not going well for them. And then, you know, they're still running around saying, no, no, everybody's lying. This is disinformation. You know, don't don't believe the hype. This is not about hunting guns. And then, yeah, you've got some pretty notable people saying, no, you're wrong. This is this is um, targeting hunters primarily. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is I know a lot of sports shooters are sort of saying, hey, all of a sudden everyone's talking about this hunting gun ban and not really talking about the other ban and we've been forgotten. And I want to promise them we've got a $2 million court challenge that proves they have not been forgotten. But the reason why fighting or delaying or destroying C-21 is so important, is not only is there this sweeping hunting gun ban put in there, but there's an element of evergreening the classification of guns, which makes it incredibly difficult to reverse. It also enshrines the OIC and the handgun freeze 
into legislation. Now, everything done can be undone, but it would require a, a far greater political will and a lot more work to take it out of legislation rather than just reverse OICs. So when they think maybe this conversation isn't about sports shooters anymore, it's actually about you because of that. So it's about all of us. Yeah, and and I think with with sports shooters, you you know, you make it a sense of resentment. It's like, oh, well, now everybody's. It's like, you know what? <laughs> As I said in in a in a video I just recently made, it's sports shooters and recreational shooters, people that own handguns and black rifles. Let's say they're the tip of the spear. You know, in 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 a battle, like they're the berserkers, they're the skirmishers, right? They're the ones that are yeah. out front. And when the enemy forces, when people that want to take your guns, you know, they they have to deal with the sports shooters first. And they've gotten they've gotten by us because they have they had a majority government for four years, and they have major minority governments with coalitions helping them. So now they've got they they've broken through the lines here, and now the hunters. Right, are sitting there going like, wait a minute, this is starting to affect me now. Well, this is a problem. So yeah. while there is, while there's, I think, an opportunity for a lot of resentment, they're like, well, why didn't you stand up with us before? And it's like, well, it is what it is. And I think that's a trigger for most people, right? I mean, probably there's probably handgun owners out there that were like, you know, you don't need those AR-15s anyway. And then now they're getting yeah. their handguns uh, frozen and then eventually seized. Uh, with no compensation, by the way, now they're like, okay, this is ridiculous, you know? So I, I'm not, I'm past the point of being, you know, where I would be resentful about that. I'm just glad that everybody's standing up now. And yeah, I would like- Yeah, they're here now. Yeah, and I'd like to actually spin that into kind of a different message. It's like, and it's a message to, to, to hunters. It's like, well, have a look at what it looks like when we all stand together. Look at how much influence we have when we all stand together. Because yeah, they still have cracking. the CCFR, they're taking punches on their behalf, but now they've stood up behind us, and then all of a sudden the government's like, oh. And and uh, let me mention one more thing, is that it's just it's it's just uh, amazing to me how just how bad things are politically in in our society. I'd say country, but it's it's all over the place where you've got the liberals like literally lying and then saying, "Don't fall for the misinformation." They're literally spreading misinformation and warning you to not listen to any of the other sides, which is our facts, any of the other sides, misinformation. Like it's, it's diabolical in yeah. my eyes. Like I, cause I always take myself out of this whole thing. It's kind of like behind the scenes thing as an, as a person, I take myself out of all this and think, okay, well, what would a reasonable person that's sitting across the table from you, what, what kind of behavior would they accept from you? And it's like this is so far and away beyond anything that two that a group of humans would ever even try with each other in real life, but yet, like this is what these people do every day. It's it's mind boggling how how these people can even sleep at night, how they can even look at themselves in the mirror. Like I don't want to go on and on about it, but like wow, if you just look at what they're yeah. doing, how they're manipulating you and lying to you, it's just wild. Like anybody can read the bill. It's it's on our website. Yeah, just read it. Yeah, it's on, you can go to SECU and, and download the bill and read it and download the amendments. Like, you can read it for yourself. You don't have to take their word for it. But wow, when you do and you realize that they're lying to you while telling you not to get caught up in the in the conservatives' lies or the gun lobby's lies, it's wild. Just, just wild. Well, and regardless of how you feel about guns, if the government's going to look straight into the camera and speak to Canadians and say, you know, this isn't true, 
these people are lying to you while they are literally lying to you about guns. What else are they lying to you about? Right. So it's just it's not the way leadership should be acting. And it's what we're stuck with. But, you know, there's some stuff we can do. Um, There's been some crazy letter writing campaigns going on, which is great. Uh, I've got a web story up on the CCFR website. You can find it. Bury their desk in letters. And I know that people across the country are doing it. I know everyone says, you know, well, they don't read the letters. It doesn't work. The reason I'm asking you to send paper letters isn't necessarily for the content on those pages. It's for the visual effect when they walk into their office in the House of Commons in the morning and the, you know, the the people who work in the mail department go around and deliver the mail instead of a small bin with this, a little stack of letters from constituents. I literally want them to bring an entire trolley and like dump it in their office. I want the visual of every day these people are getting hammered with bins and bins and bins of paper. And it's like, if you think that we're not going to do something, you're wrong. Because in this instance, silence, your silence means you accept it. You're okay with it. So people have been writing a ton of letters and that's that's super vitally important. Yeah, well, so big shout out to our friends over at Poco Military in yeah. Langley, British Columbia, and they also have another store in Agassiz, British Columbia. And they've got, uh, here's a, a picture of what they, they've got going on, and they're sending boxes and boxes of letters. And, it's, and it does, and I'll, I'll agree with you, it does make a difference, especially with the shaky MPs. So the, the NDP mm-hmm. are getting shaky. And same thing with the block. You, you mentioned, I think, uh, Christina Michaud. It's like, oh, well, yeah. we, you know, this is, a, this is a, and, and Alistair McGregor. Oh, this is abusive. Pro- like, understand what they're doing. They're like, oh, this isn't working anymore. I got to save myself. Oh, yeah. Right? Just like even Charlie Angus is speaking out. Well, about yeah. It. He's, he's, yeah. Cause he's a rural MP, right? Yeah. He's uh, Timmins, Ontario, you know, and Northern Ontario riding with a ton of hunters, yeah. right? So, so they're trying to save yeah. themselves. So now, and, and yeah. the only thing, and this is, and again, you saw this, this, you know, uh, offensive on against the CCFR. You're seeing them throw uh, Carrie Price under the bus. And the reason is, is that the, the, the only thing holding the Liberals in power right now is the NDP. And their deal right. with the NDP, they're you know, I, I would call it a, the deal, a deal with the devil, but whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to be too inflammatory. But anyway, they they wanted some influence. They made this deal with the liberals. That's the only thing keeping the liberals in power. They've done more than enough for a non a non confidence vote. Um, oh yeah, but you know that's the only thing. And now these liberal or these uh, NDP and Block MPs are like, ooh, we got to save ourselves. You know, got to get that pension. And uh, I, I don't want to go back to my old job. These are, you know, the times are good for me. So, uh, you know, now they start come out with the rhetoric like, oh, this is abusive. Oh, well, Alistair McGregor could have said that a long time ago when they first introduced that. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is two, three weeks ago. But now he's like, that's oh. because he's receiving bins of letters. That's right. Because his that's constituents right. are ha- making their voices heard. So, again, you know, it's just it's it's the bad news is. I'm sorry, everybody that has a firearms license, you have to get involved. Like it's, yeah, it's going to take some effort and it's not a lot of effort, but you're going to have to set aside some time in your schedule to do that. So uh, the shooting and edge. For those who've already done it, uh, thank you um, and do it again. And this time, maybe think about targeting some of those uh, vulnerable rural MPs from other parties, not definitely the liberals because it's their amendment, um, but from the block and the NDP as well. 
Um, you, they, you don't have to be their constituent. Definitely send mail to Marco and the Prime Minister. Um, a shout out as well to the Shooting Edge. J.R. Yep. Cox has got uh, just, just a letter writing that. campaign yep. there. Um, and Hunter's headquarters as well. So if you're at home and maybe you don't have a printer and, you know, you, the thought of writing out, you know, six or eight letters or however many you want to send um, seems daunting. No problem. Go down there. They've already got a nice letter written up. You can sign it. They've got the envelopes there. Postage free to, to send it to the House of Commons. Um, if you are a store owner or a retailer or maybe you work at a retailer, a retail shop, talk to your boss and see if they're interested in doing this as well. I can tell them exactly what they need to set it up. You can reach us at info at firearmrights.ca. Clubs as well. Put out a table in the clubhouse with a stack of letters, a stack of envelopes, and a bin that's going to get dropped off at the post office. That's all you got to do. Now, if you do that and you want help promoting it, maybe put a post on social media and tag us in it. I'll make sure to spread it around so people know to head down. It's good for business if you're a retailer as well. Um, uh, or email me your location and I'll put it out there so that the, the people in your area know that they can go down there and you'll help them with this letter writing campaign. So this is all hands on deck and it's not time to stop. I know the house rises for Christmas break next Friday. It doesn't matter. Let's make them come back at the end of January after their nice long break and their bellies are full and they've had lots of time off. Let's make them come back and not even be able to open their office doors because it's just loaded with paper. Right. So that's that's the idea. We want to bury them. If you need help with any of this, send us an email at info at firearmrights.ca. If you've done it, do it again. Yeah, and if you are reaching out to your MP, um, especially if it's, um, well, liberal, I guess, you know, it's the, you know, if you're in a rural riding and you have a liberal MP, you really don't, don't, don't take anything they say seriously. They will vote with the party, guaranteed. Look yeah. at how they voted on C21 as it made its way into committee. So yeah. you can check that all out online. But if it's an NDP MP or a block MP, put the pressure on. And tell them yeah, what you want. Yeah, and get want. everybody you know to do the same. Yeah, tell them and, and tell them what you want. You want them to vote against Bill C-21, not the amendments, right? The, this is another way that they give this sleight of hand thing. It's like, oh, I'm working for you. Vote against yeah. the bill. The, the bill is garbage. The The red flag law, the red flag provisions are garbage. The, you know, ban against toys is garbage. <laughs> the hunting rifle ban is garbage. Just vote against the bill. And if they won't do yeah. that, you know where they stand and do not ever vote for them again campaign against them. Yeah. Anyway. 100%. All right. Uh, we did a press conference on Parliament Hill. Was it last week? It was last yeah, week. Was it? Yeah. It, it no, feels it like was. 10 years ago right now because <laughs> so much has happened since. It but. was It was a week ago today because we're actually recording this on Wednesday and you're going to see it on Thursday. It was a week ago today. Yeah. 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 So we, uh, we did. We like held a, a parliamentary press conference in response to Amendment G4. We had already spoke um, to C21 a couple of weeks before that. And it was funny. There wasn't a whole lot of interest from the media in it. But this one was a, a little different, right? So we had quite a few media there in person and we had some tuning in online as well with questions. So we're calling in. So yeah, I think it went really well. You can find that on our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I think it's important to walk right into these people's House, you know, the House of Commons right in their front doorstep and let them know that we we don't accept this and it's a waste of resources and it's time to scrap this bill, go back to the drawing board and craft something that's going to have a positive effect on public safety. Yeah. So 
uh, what was interesting about this uh, press conference is we actually had some journalists there. We had like seven, yeah. I think seven journalists in the room and people dialing in uh, for uh, for questions online. And Well, uh, and then they it kind of like, you know, like it happens sometimes is when you're done, you've got your 30 minutes, you've got the room for. And then, of course, when you're done, you're done and the cameras are cut. But then you sort of got this gaggle of journalists that follows you out into the hallway and right, yeah. discusses things more and exchanges phone numbers and asks more questions. So, yeah, it was definitely a lot more interest uh, in the bill at this time. Yeah, it was really good. And it was a, it was a good thing for us to make time to do, although it got and it was great. It was great for a few days, but I got overshadowed by all this other stuff. Right. Uh, right. But uh, but anyway. We took it uh, right to their doorstep in uh, doorstep in Ottawa to uh, to do our press conference, and um, they're certainly not ignoring us. I, I guess we can't complain about that, right? Oh, we're definitely <laughs> not being ignored. Awesome. All right, let's uh, let's wind it up with an important thing: Field Officer of the Month. Yeah. So every month, it's I think it's really important. A lot of people see Rod and I at the front, and that's just the way the way it, it's structured, right? But to be perfectly honest, this place would not operate without the entire army of field officers, of volunteers who give up their time freely, their weekends, their evenings, doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing shows, they're doing some administrative stuff, they're networking with each other, they're hosting events, they're showing up at stuff. And the most impactful thing the CCFR does is show up. We show up everywhere, right? So... The problem is, is when we go to like TACOM or TSS or any of these big shows, you know, there's almost a lineup of people wanting to thank you and I for all the work that we do. And that's great and appreciative. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking that. I'm very appreciative. But every time someone says thank you to me, I actually feel like it's thank you to everybody that stands with us. And that's, that's our field officer team. So in recognition of um, somebody who goes over and above Every month we are going to be um, calling somebody the field officer of the month. They get a couple things with that, which is is really cool. So they get a shout out on the podcast and the TV show. They also get a $100 gift certificate to the CCFR store. And they get a one-year subscription to CATF, Canadian Access to Firearms, which is uh, just a super great thing to read. I, I love reading it. So, yeah. So we've got somebody special for this month, and that would be Greg Weiss. So Greg is the Ontario Provincial Coordinator. So he's been with us literally since the beginning, sort of worked up from a field officer to a regional field officer coordinator up to a, um, a like a, in charge of the entire province. He This guy does anything. This While you're looking at behind me in the studio, I, you know, I, I'm fairly handy but I do need some help with things. And I gave him a call and I said, hey, I don't know what your schedule's like. Could you come and help me with some drywall? Literally within an hour, he was at my door with drywall tools. Let's get it done. When I've got stuff to haul the tack on to go do and go and do the show, and I, I'm thinking maybe I'll rent a trailer to put it all in, he shows up here with his. He is also in charge of managing our mobile payment processor. So when field officers across the country are doing shows, We've got all the latest technology. We've got Tap and Square and all that stuff. He runs all that stuff. And yeah, he's just he's just been awesome. And no matter what, he's there to help all the time. And I really, really appreciate him. Yep. That's uh, and I'll echo everything you said. And I I got to see, well, I mean, I've seen many times what what Greg does um, because he was one of the first people in when the CCFR yeah. started. 
and he was always been available. And then when I came to TACOM, you know, he's got his own vehicle, stuff full of stuff. Oh, I got to drop this off at the stores. I got to drop this. And it just, it just, yeah, the amount of work that the field officers do is, is, um, it's just incredible. It's, it's really inspiring. So, um, definitely Greg was, when we first started this thing, right. A few months ago, I was like, well, Greg's got to be in there. So yeah, a hundred percent. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy is just relentless and never complains and like basically never says no, which, you know, thank you, Greg. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. That's awesome. I think we covered everything. So uh, I will let you move on and thanks for the, uh, thanks for the update. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR radio podcast. Um, Thanks everyone for hanging in there with us. It's been a rocky, uh, it's been a rocky week and, um, and I just, yeah, I just really appreciate your support. And I think, um, we had a little bit of, uh, of turbulence in the closed uh, Facebook group and whatnot and, and on a couple of other platforms, but I think we're past it. And I think most people uh, see all of this stuff that I, I talked about in the intro for what it is. And I think uh, I think everyone's more energized than ever. And, you know, as as Tracy and I talked about, one of the reasons why they rolled this uh, this tactic out is they've had enough of the CCFR. We're making a difference. We're waking a lot of people up. and uh, And we've been a real annoyance to them. And that, that's been our role for seven years. We haven't had a favorable government since the CCFR has existed. Our role is to be a disruptor. And I think we've done a fairly good job of that for a, for a small group funded by individual gun owners. It's been, it's been pretty good. So um, as I said, probably in the, in, the, in the monologue, you know, it was a negative few days, but I feel like we've come out of this wiser and stronger and We've got a lot more projects to do. I've even, you know, generated uh, one or two more over out of this experience. And I think, yeah, I think it's, I think we're going to be all right. And um, if the government thinks we're going to make this easy for them, I think that they're wrong. And as I said, if they thought we we're going to shut up or shut down, they're absolutely wrong. They couldn't be more wrong. So thank you for sticking with us and really having a, you know, critical thinking about what went on the last few days. And I really appreciate your support, and I look forward to uh, doing some exciting things in the near future. All right, guys, take it easy. We'll see you in a couple weeks. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.